Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location now open for lunch. Head West Subs. Of course, the Council Roundup each and every Wednesday. If there's a council meeting Tuesday night, doesn't matter how long that puppy is. We bring you the highlights. Whether it's a three and a half hour long meeting or it's a 30 minute meeting. Last night's less than an hour. So uh, still a lot to get to. Pages of highlights here. Keeping you updated on what's going on with the Springfield City Council. And, you know, if you don't live in Springfield, I still think this is important because likely you spend your tax dollars in Springfield. You come here to shop. You come here to get groceries, maybe fill up the gas tank, maybe do some car shopping. Your tax dollars. Right here in Springfield. Uh, So it's important to know uh, what's going on in the capital city. So uh, start off last night with uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder sharing a somber note uh, and something that I think uh, it's important that we do take a moment just to, to think about what's going on, not just around the state, not just around the nation, but also around the world. Here's uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder. As uh, people have watched um, the country of India, they've, uh, you know, it's reached a new catastrophic level. And a lot of times um, you look at it, and we're almost numb or immune to the situation unless it hits home. And so I'd just like to remind individuals of our Indian uh, population that we have here in a number of ways, but uh, for me personally, Pranima Brahma, my administrative assistant, her family's been impacted. Uh, She was supposed to go to India and visit her mother. Hadn't seen her since pre-pandemic and, you know, a week before she was to go, Sadly, her mother had passed away, so I would like to uh, take a moment of silence, not only for her, but for, you know, the people of India and uh, every, you know, uh, that suffered under the pandemic. And he, uh, before he got to that moment of silence, he talked about how, uh, you know, this is just a reminder for people to continue to be vigilant, uh, to do what they can to help combat COVID-19. You see the images out of India, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. More from the mayor especially in this upcoming winter months, because I would think that it's going to resurrect again uh, with regards to just like the flu does on you know that annual basis, uh, tragically. So if we would take a moment of silence uh, for that and encourage everybody to get their vaccination, uh, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, her mother's name was uh, Anjun Doss. So we, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with her and her family of Purnima Brahma. Always important uh, to just take that moment, reflect on uh, the uh, just fragility of life uh, and uh, a somber start to last night's meeting. Uh, but there was other recognition and we'll actually there's a lot of other recognition that happened with all kinds of appreciation days and weeks and whatnot. We'll get to that at the tail end here. Uh, but the mayor also up front uh, talking about uh, recognizing uh, local tourism officials uh, and the efforts that they've had to undergo the past year. And whereas we also appreciate the efforts of the city of Springfield's Convention Visitors Bureau team led by Scott Dahl, who worked diligently to increase Springfield's footprint as a leisure destination 
and are determined to make our city home to numerous conferences and conventions. And whereas this year's theme for National Travel and Tourism Week is the power of travel, we are grateful to the hospitality and tourism industry that is working hard to bring back our vibrant community, helping restore our economy, rebuilding our workforce, creating new memories for individuals and families, all by reconnecting America. Now, therefore, I, James O. Langfelder, Mayor of the City of Springfield, Illinois, on behalf of our residents and City Council, dear hereby proclaim May 2nd through the 8th, 2021, shall be Springfield Travel and Tourism Week in the City of Springfield in honor of National Travel and Tourism Week. We all call upon our residents that when it's time to gather with family and friends, plan to reunite in Springfield. Thank you very much for the great work you do, Scott. So, uh, yeah, Scott, uh, uh, we'll definitely have to bring him back on to talk uh, not just about the Legacy Point stuff, but also about the tourism efforts here locally. So, uh, Scott, if you're listening, uh, let's let's make something happen either uh, later this week or early next week. Uh, Scott Dahl uh, addressing the council last night but briefly. It's been an unusual year as well. And I, on behalf of our staff, we just want to thank you. And also recognize our tourism partners as well, um, our hundreds of tourism partners, our sites, our attractions our hotels, our restaurants that have really had to stick it out this year and really have done the best job that they can. And I'll tell you, I said it before, we've got the best team in the country. This team worked with our meeting planners uh, throughout the year. And industry experts say that, you know, the rebound may happen uh, in 2024. Springfield's rebound will happen in 2022 and beyond and that's because of the work that our team did and certainly the work along with our partners as well so on behalf of everyone at visit springfield thank you very much appreciate it so again uh, a lot of uh, necessary recognition there uh, let's get this puppy back up and going uh all right back to city business now after the recognition after the moment of silence let's get into city business one thing we heard about yesterday morning when we talked with alderman chuck redpath was what's going to happen with that ordinance capping video gaming in springfield and uh he shared with us he was going to withdraw the ordinance and he did just that last night mr mayor i'd like to withdraw this ordinance been moved to withdraw the ordinance. Is there a second? Second. A second. All in favor, say aye. Aye. So we'll hear more about this in just a little bit as to what's behind them withdrawing that. We heard it from uh, Alderman uh, Redpath yesterday, but Alderman Hanauer also chiming in as to why they decided to hold back on that. Uh, so uh, coming up, we'll get to that. We'll also hear from the Springfield Police Department about how many guns that they've confiscated and the rests, and we'll also get to a uh, conversation about uh, the veto uh, that the, the mayor issued on the spending cap uh, and when we can expect a possible override. So all of that's on the way here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Plus, the mayor laying out what his plan is for Adams Street, downtown Springfield, where there's a lot of activity on the streets and getting the businesses out and about and getting their uh, customers to, to enjoy the outdoors while they uh, enjoy some beverages and some food. Uh, so we'll talk about the Adams Street locations of uh, uh, the, the, the street closure there uh, and how uh, the mayor looks to move forward in a different direction. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open now, 724 in the capital city. And uh, they went ahead and postponed consideration. Uh, I guess it's not the right technical term because that actually means something. Uh, 
when it comes to Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, but they uh, they withdrew the gambling machine cap. And we'll hear more about that from Alderman Hanauer, why they decided to do that. Uh, but other ordinances up for consideration also getting postponed. Here is uh, the mayor laying out a measure that deals with rail relocation. Nine Family Video Movie Club, Inc., in an amount not to exceed $647,500 relating to the Springfield Rail Improvement Project, Reusable Segment 3. That's a lot of money. Uh, what was that, like $600,000, I said? Uh, Alderman McMiniman wants to hold this a bit. Older woman dissents when I would like to hold this for two weeks. We've got some issues with Family Video we'd like to discuss uh, with Family Video regarding their location on MacArthur Boulevard, and we've uh, consulted with uh, Alderman Gregory, and he's okay with uh, a two-week hold. I'm okay with it. Uh, Alderman Proctor also shares some of that, too, so I just want to make sure it's okay with him. So, a lot of people have some uh, questions about this, so we'll see what happens with the family video location downtown uh, when it comes to other concerns they have about other family video locations. Uh, and, of course, the rail relocation project down there by the uh, Sangamon County Complex tucked in right there next to a family video operation. Uh, so what are they going to be able to do with that? Uh, moving on, though, uh, back to the issue of the ordinance that uh, Alderman Redpath withdrew to cap the number of gaming licenses. Alderman Hanauer laying out why they did that, because, quite frankly, he said it's just a very complex issue. Yeah, I just want to comment real quick on uh, the, the ordinance that, that we had that were to cap gaming. Um, and I had a nice conversation with, with Mr. Zirkel and uh, with one of the reasons why we pulled this was it's it the complexity to do do what we wanted to do is just it's it's crazy and I think uh, for Mr. Zirkel he was happy that he did it because it was going to take a lot of research um, you know it there, there's just uh, there was some rumors on on uh, social media that it had to do with special interests and stuff. It had nothing to do with special interest. Um, and the people that put it out there should be ashamed of themselves for, for saying that. So you went on to talk about how complex of an issue it really turned out to be. Uh, and when you deal with things like liquor licenses and with gaming licenses and with, uh, you know, uh, one business buying out the other, does that mean the liquor license then is, you know, up for grabs or does that come with the business? And So there's a lot of complexities uh, in dealing with this issue. Uh, but uh, Alderman Redpath, uh, he withdrew that measure because of that. Uh, and they had some questions, of course, with the... Uh, the attorney of the city, uh, Jim Zirkel, who who said, "Yeah, there's a, there's just a lot of concerns moving moving parts all over the place," uh, but uh, we'll see if they come back with a, another measure. Uh, here's Alderman Hanauer on that. Uh, after talking to Mr. Zirkel, who was very helpful, we you know we just felt like it's it's better to just uh, let it go and uh, maybe come back with some stronger requirements, such as we we limit. Limited to bars and restaurants, and no more, you know, of the odd, um, of the odd uh, businesses that we've had that requested it, and that's probably what you'll see us come back with. So uh, this issue's not done. Aldermen still want to further regulate video gambling. Uh, but just how exactly they go about it to keep it as simple as possible, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, more on this issue. The people that have it. Uh, if they sold their their business, 
they, we, we weren't sure if the license would be able to transfer. So we, we wanted to make sure that that was, that was uh, you know, all that was taken care of. And again, very complex issue. But really, when you get down to it, there are some measures in place already that allow for the city to better have oversight of video gambling. One of those, an audit and a random audit of these video gaming machines. Now, 2020, not the year to audit. Right, because you had restaurants that were closed down for significant portions of the year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So maybe 2020 is not the year to audit, but they did do an audit in 2019, something that Alderman Donilon highlighted. I believe there were 11 businesses randomly selected, and we were uh, the staff indicated that there were no violations, uh, that everything was fine with those 11 businesses that were established. I appreciate that information being shared. You know, uh, Corporation Council, I would like to sit down with you, though, because I even had some confusion with, and I think there's confusion out there with the, uh, what what a truck stop is and what a, I'll call it a super truck stop. That may not be the statutory term, but there's different variations. I'm getting questions from businesses that already have licenses about other businesses that are operating in the community uh, who they don't think should, they, you know, they may, uh, may or may not follow under the uh, guidelines of this uh, definition of truck stop. So, again, the issue far from over. Uh, I'd imagine you'll hear a lot more about this in the weeks and months ahead. Coming back after the break here, we'll delve into some problems that uh, some aldermen are having with uh, buildings downtown. Uh, we'll also hear from the mayor about what's going on with the Adams Street location uh, and a whole bunch of people being recognized for the various jobs they do in their professional career, but also at home. So the council meeting last night, less than an hour, but still jam-packed with important stuff for you to hear about here on the Council Roundup. Each and every Wednesday, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open now. Head West Subs. So they went through the uh, city business that was on the agenda pretty quick last night, withdrawing the cap on uh, gambling machines, looking to maybe delve deeper into some of the other issues that they can have better control on without it being too complex. Uh, they postponed a vote on uh, buying out the uh, family video operations downtown for like $600,000, I think the price tag was. Uh, so you'll likely hear about those things again in the future. Uh, but now it's time for unfinished and new business. Part of the meeting where it was only like 20 minutes into it. Uh, they uh, started hearing some of the other concerns there may be or some of the other things that Alderman wanted to highlight. Here is Alderman Andrew Proctor talking about something he's been pretty persistent on week after week after week looking for updates on. Uh, and that deals a lot with, like, for instance, the Ferguson Booth building downtown. If there's an update on my ordinance request regarding... No, that's not it. He, uh... We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Proctor had a uh, ordinance, uh, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he uh, wanted to amend an ordinance that would allow for police to confiscate the vehicle of somebody who flees a police stop. Uh, and that passed. That measure passed. But Alderman Proctor wanted to add in uh, another element to one, when police can actually seize a vehicle. And it dealt with uh, fly dumping. If there's an update on my ordinance request regarding compensating your car for fly dumping. Um, We're, yes, we are working on that. Okay. Yes. I think we have that ready for filing next week. So we'll see if it's ready for filing next week. Uh, Corporation Counsel Jim Zirkel said this is kind of a complex issue as well. Uh, under what circumstances you can actually take the car and whether or not a uh, that type of violation qualifies. But I would like to set with you, and I know we were going to do that last week, and we got kind of sidetracked. So okay. maybe between now and the next meeting, if you had time, 
uh, we can kind of go through the options. Fly dumping is one of the things that I think uh, several aldermen have serious problems with in their wards, and they keep trying to find ways to police it, either increasing fines or fees or having public works do more to pick stuff up. How do you hold those people accountable? Well, this would definitely hold some people accountable if uh, a vehicle is spotted uh, fly dumping, especially if there's video evidence of it, then uh, being able to confiscate that car would be quite the deterrent. Uh, so We'll see if that pops back up. But Alderman Proctor had other concerns as well, and something he's been persistent about, including the uh, status of the downtown Ferguson Booth building. A friend of ours was by the Ferguson Booth building today and starting to deteriorate a little bit. Um, no good. So I appreciate an update from the developer uh, about the funding status so we can. Mayor uh, Langfelder jumping in. On Booth Ferguson, uh, they said they would provide a written report uh, at the next city council meeting. And he also uh, said that uh, they don't have any information about the public market, which was another thing that Alderman Proctor was looking into. Uh, back to Alderman Proctor about the Ferguson Booth building. Ferguson Booth and see if they can't add some integrity to the uh, windows because they're starting to blast out. <laughs> oh, okay. gosh. What does that mean? You got glass falling all over the place down there? Yikes. Uh, yeah, they need to do something with that. Of course, background on the Ferguson Booth building. Uh, God, it's been years. <laughs> it's just been years. Uh, they were going to have some TIF dollars, tax increment finance funds for a developer. They had that all squared away. The developer was moving forward, getting him uh, refurbished for luxury type of apartments. And I remember touring that uh, years ago when uh, it was uh, Mayor Mike Houston uh, and they were working on this project. Uh, and, the, and the plans looked awesome. But then they just ran into problem after problem after problem. I mean, it's an old building. And then they had labor issues and uh, lawsuits about uh, back pay and wages and insurance costs for the labor that's been done and just turned into a real big mess. So now there's new uh, operations behind it and they're still looking to get financing, but then you had COVID hit and wow, just uh, what a headache. Um, so we may get an update on the uh, Ferguson Booth building at the next council meeting. We shall see. Um, also, something rare happened yesterday. Mayor Langfelder issued a mayoral veto of a measure that the alderman passed. Uh, this doesn't really happen that much in city governments, nor does it really happen that much with uh, state government either. Uh, but it does happen on occasion, and this measure would pass last week or two weeks ago, rather, uh, it is ultimately caps the ability for the mayor to spend without aldermatic approval. Uh, right now, that's at $50,000, but... Uh, Alderman passed a measure with only six votes to have it capped at $10,000. So if the, the mayor wants to spend anything over $10,000, he's going to have to bring an ordinance in front of the city council. Uh, and uh, here's what uh, Alderman uh, uh, can expect, especially after the mayor issued a veto on that ordinance before last night's council meeting. Here's Corporation Council Jim Zirkel talking about the process. Our practice has been that where there has been a uh, an ordinance passed that has then been returned uh, for reconsideration or veto. Uh, typically, we've done that. The last one, and we actually had to look it up. Uh, council coordinator looked it up, and so did I. Was uh, There's only been one other. And what ended up happening when it was filed, which we consider it filed uh, today, then it would be addressed at the next council meeting. 
I, I can't remember what exactly that veto was, but it was from the previous administration under Mayor Mike Houston. There was a, a veto that was done by Mayor Houston, like the very last day, yeah. that was addressed at the next council meeting, but it just because of the unusual timing. So uh, it would be it would appear on the agenda at the next meeting, Thank you, uh, listed under debate. Oh, does anybody remember what that was? Oh, here we go. I'm going to the archives. Mayor Houston, one of his final acts before leaving office, vetoes CWLP bailouts. Ah, okay, it was a $2.8 million uh, fund for uh, the city's corporate uh, fund to give to city water, light, and power. Uh, so uh, Mayor Houston, on his way out the door, vetoed that. That's what it was. Okay, just a little bit of a history lesson there. Uh, so, yeah, you'll hear more about this, I would imagine. Now, keep in mind, the cap on the mayor's spending only passed with six votes. They would need seven votes to override the mayor's veto. So we'll see if they uh, they get that or if they the veto is sustained and what the next steps are for uh, those aldermen who wanted more transparency when it comes to spending. All right, uh, let's get into some more positive stuff here. Uh, Alderwoman Conley uh, highlighting a, uh, a an organization that uh, does incredible work in the community. Here she is. Once again, publicly congratulate the four graduates from Wouldn't It Be Lovely, which is housed in Ward 8 at the Douglas Avenue Methodist Church. Um, these four women have worked very hard over the last two years and are taking some big steps moving forward. Uh, Wouldn't It Be Lovely is, is a wonderful program that helps women who are kind of starting their lives, um, restarting their lives after some you know, significant setbacks, and I, I applaud them all. And they're actually going to be having a, uh, uh, a products expo of their own, Conley said. In addition to... Um, providing services to these women is they um, they do some fabulous products. So they and they are having a furniture sale this Saturday at Douglas Avenue Methodist Church. It's outside. They are going to or it's inside, but they're going to be limiting the number of people who get there. Um, if you check out their Facebook page, they have beautiful work. Um, I've got a new face mask thanks to the women at Wouldn't It Be Lovely, and would encourage everyone to give them your support. Thank you. All right, look at that, fantastic. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Good news to hear about these community groups that uh, help those who need it the most. Uh, and even those uh, who uh, may have uh, had some problems, uh, you know, personal issues, uh, drug abuse or, you know, falling on hard times or whatever it may be. Uh, so wouldn't it be lovely? Very cool stuff. Uh, meanwhile, the mayor lays out something about a meeting he had with some business owners in downtown Springfield and the Adams family. If you're familiar with them, it's not, you know, one family. It's 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 several businesses on Adams Street that have really worked together through the pandemic uh, to, to stay afloat, stay open, to stay, you know, getting their customers the, the, the products that they love and enjoy from food to drink, Cafe Moxo, Buzz Bomb Brewing, uh, several other businesses down there all working together uh, to keep the, uh, the area of vibrant and uh, the mayor apparently had a meeting and uh, laid out some of the things he's looking to change clarify we did have a uh, meeting with downtown springfield and about the adam street closing and um, you know we came to uh, or i came to a decision uh, because with part of adam street closing it did impact some of the businesses on the uh, west side and so uh, we are uh, working to have parklets um, more consistent look with parklets expanding the downtown dining or other areas that uh, have dining, but especially for downtown. And so uh, we will be uh, helping assist, hopefully through CARES Act dollars, 
with the parklet cost, uh, but what we decided to do is uh, allow them to stay closed um, until the parklets are in place. Uh, hopefully that happens before June or by June. And then um, after that point in time, they'd be opened back up with one lane of traffic, of course, one lane traffic as it heads, I believe, to the uh, west, as it normally does now. But there'd be parklets there, and that way it wouldn't interfere with businesses. But then they would continue with their uh, Sunday bruisey brunch, uh, brunch uh, each Sunday uh, going forward. So I don't think this is the last we've heard of this issue, um, as some businesses may have uh, been alarmed by the street being closed and its impact on their business, bringing their concerns to the city, um, and uh, just how that's going to be impacting that overall area and the vibe down there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've got to get down there, by the way, and get some drinks and some food, uh, especially on a weekend when it's nice and sunny out. Uh, but uh, the vibe down there, it's very important. Very important. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Maybe follow up with uh, some of the businesses impacted by this. Uh, meanwhile, other highlights from last night's Springfield City Council meeting with the council roundup here on the WMAY Morning News feed. Alderman McMiniman praising a police. Mr. Mayor, I would like to comment favorably on our Springfield Police Department. I think we're noticing every two or three days an arrest for a loaded weapon or a... Uh, someone uh, who uh, flees a car and uh, our police are able to find the loaded weapon on the ground or they find the loaded weapon in the vehicle and we're making arrests. McMiniman says it's a tough job that uh, men and women in blue do, uh, and they need to be recognized and appreciated. Uh, Police Chief Winslow getting up there talking a bit about some statistics and the importance of getting information from the community. It's over 40 guns this year. Kenny, is that correct? More than 40 guns so far, gun arrests so far this year. Uh, again, you know, a lot of that's coming from the community providing information. Right. That is the key. That is the key. Mm. When they call through up and say that Kenny Winslow's out here walking around carrying a gun, I know he's a convicted felon. That's something we can follow up on versus some white guy walking down the street wearing blue uniform carrying a gun, you know. So the more descriptive it has been, the better it has led to information that our officers can follow up on, and we're, we're seeing some success with it. The police chief also said when they catch people, there needs to be stricter prosecution and maybe uh, an effort to keep people behind bars that need to stay behind bars, like those who pull the trigger. If you're willing enough to pull the trigger, it should be non-probational, in my opinion. So we'll see if... uh if that happens, uh, because, of course, a lot of that deals with what happens at the state house as well. Uh, meanwhile, Alderwoman DeCenso lists various types of uh, workers that are being appreciated this week. As the daughter of a teacher, that means a lot to me, especially this last year uh, with my son being fully remote. You have no idea the appreciation I have for teachers. So Teacher Appreciation Week ongoing right now, but Alderwoman DeCenso also highlighting other appreciation out there. Um, today is also International Firefighters Day, so thank you. I'm glad we were able to get your overtime pass tonight. So. Thank you for, uh, I think there were three structure fires yesterday alone in Springfield. Oh, man. So, you know, along with the crazy weather we had, so so thank you for that. Also, uh, she wanted to appreciate others. And then on Thursday, uh, it starts uh, Nurse Appreciation Week. And if anyone has um, really gone through it the, this last year, it's our frontline workers and our nurses. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So appreciate the teachers, appreciate the firemen, appreciate those nurses.
But most importantly, DeCenso says. And the ultimate acknowledgement, which none of you men. Mother's Day. To get to it. Wow. <laughs> Good yeah, job. that's hilarious. <laughs> just, just as, just as all the women DeCenso is. <laughs> chastising the men in the room for not speaking up earlier about Mother's Day. Alderman McMiniman interjects and steals the thunder. That's awesome. Then the ultimate acknowledgement, which none of you men... Mother's Day. Wow. Good job, Alderman McMiniman. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. That's awesome. And to the single dads that that serve as mothers. Thank you as well. That's so cool. Absolutely. Uh, But then they had uh, Alice. You've heard her before, citizen addressing the council. (laughs) She she had a range of things about fly dumping, about uh, firefighters, about this, that, and the other. And then she talked about some program years ago that she applied for to get funding from the city and she was denied or something. Anyway, she, she talked about how she's somebody who takes care of business, not going to the courts and going to people who... Uh, she feels have wronged them so here's what she had to say there this is my city everybody's city if they do something wrong you go to the person that did it and you take care of it simple fact that's how i was brought up and i did use fisticuffs when i was going to school okay well, thank you maybe you can get with alderman gregory Uh, that's your council roundup from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open now. 